0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Doug Oster, dougoster.com, part of Rob Pratt Sunday, the organic gardener. What you need to do is to call early, call often, get all of your questions answered, gardening tips, tricks, and more. And yeah, shutting the garden down for another year, but getting ready to think ahead to spring 2022 and some fall planning tips as well. So again, the number to talk to Doug is 866-391-1020. But if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you'll win a $25 gift certificate from Sorgals. Ladies and gentlemen, let's say good morning to Doug Oster. Hey, Doug, good morning.
1: Good morning, Rob. Now, did you take advantage of the extra hour, or did you stay up an extra hour?
0: No, no. I, 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 I was telling somebody earlier today, maybe it's just my body clock, I'm actually more tired when I lose an hour, meaning when I gain an hour, than when I lose an hour. Go figure. I don't know. Maybe it's just so used to getting up early in the morning. But all's good in the neighborhood, and uh, I know a lot of people enjoy that extra hour for sure.
1: Well, I sure did. <laughs> I, I took bet. advantage of it. And uh, if you live within a couple hours of Pittsburgh, you have officially ended the season for annuals. So uh, an amazing long season, but frost has finally arrived. Lots of work to do out there, that's for sure. I'm cleaning up all my annuals, uh, you know, about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago even. I brought in all the hanging baskets into the unheated greenhouse. I, you know, so lucky to have that space, you know, yesterday, I think it was about 75, 80 degrees in there. You know, the angle of the sun isn't so that they can really get heated up the way it does in February, but still another, I'll get another month, month and a half out of all the plants that I was able to stick in there. Even got some peppers in there just to get them to ripen up. Uh, But as I said, get those annuals, get the the tender vegetables, get those out of the garden. That that's We don't want to leave those in there. We're leaving our perennials up. That's, that's a good thing to do for beneficial insects. And we're leaving our leaves in, in the garden, too. That's where the butterflies stay underneath. So I guess it might look a little messy to you, but to me, I'm like, okay, I'm helping everything out. It's okay. And Plus, you know, I talk a lot about uh, with the guys from Davy Tree about, about how our trees on our lawn, they're not getting like what they do in the forest, which is just that beautiful, nice layer of leaves that feeds the tree every year. So leave those leaves on there. Now, I want to talk a little bit about our Twin Sisters essay contest. I talked a little bit about it last week, but I've got a couple of them to read today because I think they're really powerful, really personal, and uh, I was very, very moved by by all the stories, uh, I've uh, uh, sent messages to the winners. It was only going to be one winner. Uh, this Twin Sisters daffodil. It, it goes back to the 1500s, and it's it's two flowers, and it's fragrant. It's a late bloomer, and again, the Twin Sisters thing, that was uh, the thing that, that attracted a lot of people to writing an, e- writing an essay to win the the balls But anyway joe ham from joe ham's daffodil Hortus down in washington county that's someplace i'll talk about again in the spring I'm, I'm going down there i hope you'll come down there and see me it's free but it's just the greatest collection of blooming daffodils ever but i i when, after i read these entries i was just like man i will see if he's got any more bulbs so i've got a lot of smaller bulbs that might not even bloom in the spring might have to wait two years for them so uh it's, it's a great daffodil it's a historic daffodil and again you got the twin sisters so let me read a couple essays real quick if we don't get calls later in the show i'll read a couple more a lot to talk about today though uh, because we're not done planting (laughs) we had a frost but we're not done planting so here's the first winner from from the twin sisters essay contest and it comes from chris and it's it starts off pretty heavy my twin sister is dead we grew up together starting with and becoming spring green. As our leaves reached upward, we stretched and danced. Together we smiled at the sun, and our cups followed its glow. The full circle of petals were our crowns. And then I heard, He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. She was gone. I need a support family of twin sisters. Well, (laughs) Chris is getting some twin sisters, uh, and you can see where we're going with some of these stories. One more from Cindy. When I heard the name of these daffodils, I immediately thought of my twin sister who instilled in me the passion to garden. Growing up, she asked our mom if we could start a garden in a small patch of dirt alongside our house. Armed with lots of enthusiasm and no knowledge of gardening, the little garden grew happily. When our mom entered a personal care home, she started a raised bed garden outside her window that brought our mom much joy and yummy vegetables. Today, with the help of our husbands, we both have large backyard gardener, gardens. She continues to inspire me by sharing new plant ideas, for example, purple beans, white magic garlic, and mighty tomato tomatoes. Her love and joy of gardening has now inspired the next generation to garden, My daughter now has a backyard garden and calls her on her aunt to share successes and questions. I would love to present these bulbs to her to thank her for her love of gardening that she passed to me and so many others. Gardening has brought me and our family immense joy and peace. And so those are just two of the essays I got. And, you know, when I started the contest, I seriously wondered, would people write an essay? would they write about this? And lots of people did. I mean, I had so many entries. That's why I asked Joe, and I feel so lucky that he had more bulbs, just to get them into the hands of, of, of people. Uh, you know, when you hear about something like this, if you you know, when you're a twin sister or or have somebody close to you that's a twin sister, like I said, I've got a couple more of those stories I'll read later if we don't get calls. We'll see. You know, it gets cold like this. People don't have gardening on their mind, but you know, when talking about those daffodil bulbs, I hope that you're planting bulbs. Uh, I put up a list of all my favorites at DougOster.com, dot com, and I want to talk about a couple of them real quick because I'm I'm I've got lots to plant still, hundreds and hundreds of bulbs yet to plant. Uh, my uh, friend John Oprasic, the Pittsburgh artist, my garlic friend, he doesn't even start planting his garlic until November fifteenth. I've got a box of garlic waiting for him, but the the bulbs I'm talking about are what what give us the flowers in the spring, and snowdrops are something that don't get planted that much anymore, and they are the first thing to bloom in the spring, and that could mean January 15th. I've had snowdrops bloom January 15th, February 15th, or March 15th, depending on the way we come out of the weather, Uh, come out of the season, come out of the winter, and the snowdrops that I'm planting, I plant them close to the house, so they get a little heat from the house. And so when we get a thaw, off they go. And just to have something blooming that early, it's just, uh, it's just wonderful, you know. To, to, even though we will have a lot of winter left after that, but just to have something blooming, those snowdrops, they will, they'll reconstitute. I mean, they could, they could bloom in January and then be under snow and and below zero temperatures and just sit there in suspended animation. Then when it warms up, off they go. The next one is one called Glory of Snow. And these are, these are deer-resistant bulbs. And these are smaller bulbs, so they're easier to plant. You know, bulbs are planted three times as deep of, as the actual bulb. And so little ones like Snowdrops and this one called Glory of Snow, it blooms right after the crocus. And this one, along with Snowdrops, will make a colony after a few years. With you, you don't have to do anything. And again, the deer are not interested in them. I and mean, there's a bunch of different glorious snow cultivars. There's one in you know it might be hard to find, but there's one called Violet Beauty that I, that I love. This late in the season, and with the way gardening has become so popular, it's harder to find things. But nurseries still have bulbs. I was at Sorgles the other day, actually doing a little video with Randy Sorgle, showing how to cut open a, a ugly blue Hubbard squash uh that that 's how I make uh pumpkin pie with a blue Hubbard squash, and so he showed me how to open that thing up and it's pretty easy, although it did use a power drill back to the bulbs <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll tell you when that video goes up uh it'll be probably this week or next uh there's one called, and just listen to the the name and it 's listed at dug dot com so if you don't get it when you hear this and you just go to the website and it's there and the website is absolutely all free i'm not trying to sell you anything. Uh, it's called Pushkinia. And Pushkinia blooms at the same time Glorious Snow. They're little, they're resistant, and they have white, creamy white blossoms with little blue stripes in them. And oh, it's just great. And I've got a whole other list of, of all my favorites at DougOster.com. Please get out there and plant some bulbs. You'll be so happy you did. And I'm always telling you, get one of those bulb augers. It's just a big drill bit, fits on your power drill. And, man, you can plant 100 bulbs in 10, 15 minutes, and that's the way to do it. All right, Rob, ready for a break?
0: Yes, sir. We're taking a break. We'll come back. we got Rich and Crafton. I know Doug would love to hear from you as well. 866-391-1020. The Organic gardener. Sunday morning. KDK. More in just a couple of moments. Good morning. Ah, yes, he is. And let's get right to the phones. As promised, here's Rich in Crafton. Hey, Rich. Hi, Rob. Good morning,
3: Doug. I have two questions. But first, my mom always used the butternut squash to make her pies with. Uh, My questions are, do they tap the maple trees in this fall or is that in the spring?
1: Uh, It's actually done during the uh, late winter, uh, as they come out of winter, uh, there's a specific time when it runs. And, and I'm not sure exactly when it is, but, you know, it's usually done February, March, somewhere around there. The weather has to be right to get that sap to run. Actually, my friend who is, um, I always talk about him, the garlic king of Millvale. I did a video of him way back when I worked for the Post-Gazette uh, of him, you know, tapping trees and and cooking down that, uh, sap into that into the maple syrup, and oh man, you you you've, must you've never awesome. lived in, until you've had that the real stuff. And so yeah, February, March, somewhere in there, something has to happen. It has to it warms up, and then uh, enough to get the sap around. Uh, what was your second question?
3: Uh, with the frost, does that kill the spotted lantern flies and the ticks, or do
1: they live through the frost? Well, the spotted lanternfly, I'm not sure of. To tell you the truth, my guess is that yes, a frost is going to kill them. Uh, for ticks, no, a frost does not kill the ticks. Uh, you know, I I I was actually once up on Chestnut Ridge with an arborist uh, doing a story on this, this uh, chestnut tree that Penn State is trying to they're trying to bring back the American chestnut, and I'm telling you, it was 10 degrees or colder. And we found a tick on her, climbing on her jacket. And so, no, those ticks are around. And gosh, I wish I knew the exact name of it. Rob, you might know it, uh, but I, I got it from Andy Anrime. He was talking about it. It's from Bactronics. Oh gosh,
0: Bactro Kill.
1: That, yeah, and and it, it's a natural way to protect the dogs. That kills fleas real good. We were, my cats were polluted with
3: fleas, and that thing killed all the fleas oh, in the that, house. That, 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 on That's the great. cats and your furniture and everything, That's, I swear by that stuff. It's expensive, but it works really well. Hey, did yeah, you and it's, your, uh, it's safe. It's safe, Did you fold too, your fig trees important. over, or did you uh, take them into the greenhouse? Say it again. Your fig trees, do you fold them over and wrap them up, or do you take them into the greenhouse?
1: Both. Uh, and so I actually, at DougOster.com, my friend Steve Biggs from Toronto – He talked to me about exactly how to do it, and we have time to do it yet if your figs are out there. So one of those fig trees is in a container, and I'll bring that into the unheated greenhouse. And most of the time, it'll winter over and be fine, sometimes on a super cold year. I'll have to start from the bottom. The other one, what I'm doing is I'm folding it over. You know, you're taking some of those roots on the one side, folding it over flat, and and then I'm laying, laying bales of straw on top. That's what Steve told me to do. And that got me thinking about Just watch,
3: just watch you don't get mice. My dad did that and put bales of hay and put apples, and it got all kinds of mice in there eating all the apples and stuff.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. So,
3: well, that's I'm what I'm saying. watch One you I... don't get mice or moles or whatever under the straw yeah. because
1: it's warmer there. And then I'll use that straw the next year to grow in. You know, I'm I, experimenting a lot with straw bale gardening, and I'll just roll the straw off the fig tree and then um, I'll just add some uh, nitrogen fertilizer to kind of, it'll, it'll eat up the straw, and then you can plant right in that. Thanks very much for your call.
0: All right, here's Bill in West Mifflin for Doug Oscar. Hey, Bill, good morning.
1: Good morning. Um, I wanted to know what we should do with amaryllis bulbs. I still have mine in pots, you know, with soil on them. But, oh, good. I'm glad you called about that because I love amaryllis. And so a lot of people will be just starting new with an amaryllis here starting at the into the holidays but for us that have them year round what we do is we get to a certain point in the season and we've reached it uh uh, i have mine i had mine outside brought them in before any chance of frost uh, because they can't take cold weather and then stop watering completely and fertilizing let it go completely dormant and and that big floppy green foliage the big floppy uh, what am I flopping big uh, what am I calling it? just <laughs> big leaves uh, they'll they'll the energy that's in those green leaves as, as the bulb goes dormant and it looks like it's dying uh, the leaves will turn brown and the energy will go into the bulb we'll let that bulb sit for oh six eight weeks a lot of times it will tell you when it's ready to wake up uh, but no no water no fertilizer nothing just dormancy and Then we bring it out of dormancy after six to eight weeks by just starting to water a little bit. Like I said, sometimes you'll start to see green poking up from the center, and it's telling you, okay, I want to wake up. And if it has enough energy, it will send up right off the bat a a flower bud. If it didn't have enough energy, you'll just get foliage, and then you'll have to wait another whole season to get the, the blooms. And so for me, I have... You know, every year I get new amaryllis, and I usually do like a video on it for Pittsburgh Today Live or something. And so I've got, you know, I don't know, 35 of them sitting there. They bloom all sorts of different times. I, You know, I I try to get them in a dormancy at the right time, but they're sitting around, and sometimes I just say, well, this one, I just won't water it, and it'll bloom when it's ready. And a lot of times they'll bloom again for the holidays a year later, but many times it'll be later in the season. Sometimes they'll skip a year. They didn't have enough energy that's why i have a lot of them you know uh, it it's kind of like it's 50-50 on every year if they're going to bloom or not and they they can be a surprise for you too uh just like i said whenever they're ready and they have the energy they're going to try and flower and so that's the way that's the way I'm taking care of my amaryllis bulbs. Uh when you get yours like this time of the year and into the holidays, it'll be ready to go. It's all that's all done for you ahead of time. All you do is just you you put it in a pot, water it, it'll bloom and then after it's bloomed Take that flower stem off and grow it as a houseplant. Keep the, that foliage going, and that's what gives energy to the bulb. All right, Rob, I think we're ready for a break.
0: Yeah, coming up here in just a couple of moments, I want to remind you, coming up uh, right after the news at 8, it's the Coons Cooking Hour, Holiday Traditions, Joe and Frank Tantisi and Lisa Lachina, Will be our special guest in studio Heffron Tillotson, and Germany and you. And the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show will give you everything on that pit win yesterday against Duke, getting you ready for their game against North Carolina Thursday night at Heinz Field. Don't forget Pat Narduzzi's Show coming up tomorrow night at six right here on Odyssey one hundred point one FM AM ten twenty KDK, and we'll also give you the X and O's Week Nine, the NFL pick our weekly winners against the spread, and break down the Steelers and Chicago Bears matchup set for Heinz Field tomorrow night. Busy day yet to come with your Pratt Pack right here kdka and before we get back to doug and your calls don't forget if you're the 10th caller what a golden opportunity right now as we always do to begin the second half hour of the program that opportunity is to take home a 25 dollar gift certificate to Janoski's, where they're getting ready for their christmas open house december 4th and 5th number to Dallas is 412-922-1020 doug anything before we get back to your calls buddy
1: just real quick when you mentioned genoski's uh, the garlic uh, if you live out that way if you can get out that way it's one exit past the airport they have the best looking garlic I, I've, I've seen it's just amazing and you can buy it as a food crop but plant it and I have a story uh, on the website com where I'm detailing how to get six harvests from one planting of garlic I used to say five but I figured a six and so Uh, take a look at that. Still plenty of time to plant garlic. All right,
0: Rob. All right. Back to the phones. Here's Kim in Wexford. Hi, Kim.
1: Hey, Doug. I have a um, plant that is, I brought ferns in yesterday from outside and there's so many leaves. I usually use horticultural oil to get rid of any bugs and stuff, but I'm wondering if there's a better way with something that's so thick. No, that's probably the the best and safest thing to use on anything coming inside. When I bring something inside, I try to give it some time on the sun porch before I bring it into my other plants. But if you're seeing uh, aphids, you know, a lot of times you'll see aphids explode, spider mites, whitefly, uh, on any plant coming in. Uh, horticulture oil or insecticidal soap is probably the best thing to spray on them, and it's going to take more than one application usually. Again, we want to use something organic. We want to use something especially safe in the house. And right. we need to coat that actual insect with that horticultural oil or insecticidal soap. Uh, and just take your time. Get underneath those leaves or fronds, in this case, and and just use a good sprayer and, like, three applications in as many weeks. And that should be it. You should be able to get everything under control. Boy, that's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But hey, if you're going to bring plants in, you know, uh, that's just that's just a safe way to do it. And that's, you know, that those two other applications are only if needed. You know, okay. many times, many times it could be one one depending on the uh, on what you've got there on the uh, the the amount of uh, the infestation. If it is an infestation, it's just a few of them. You can take control and just have the stuff there ready. You know, I've got a little bottle of that stuff ready in case. All of a sudden I look and I see something sticky on there, something like, oh, boy, i got aphids. And so then I'll just take care of them that way. Thanks so much for your call. All
0: right, let's keep it going. Let's go to uh, Tom and Churchill. Hey, Tom, how you doing?
3: Hey, good. Doug. How about yourself and Rob? Great. Hey, I have two questions uh, with
1: uh, uh, the hostas.
3: Uh, it, should, should I cut them down or should I just let the frost
1: just do their thing and let them just wilt out? I just let them wilt out. It's, it's fine. Uh, you know, I've never okay. had a problem with them.
3: Okay. And then as far as the, you know, spring bulbs, if you didn't want to do them in the ground because
1: of the deer and not eating them in the spring, could you do them like in the, you know, pot? It can be done. And I wish Mrs. Know-It-All was on today because she is the expert at this. And uh, I remember we did a video together. It's probably hard to find. It's been years but the way i remember it we she did them as in in the what are called uh what are they called (laughs) it's a shallow bulb pot i guess you would call it uh you know six inches eight inches around and only about three inches deep filling that up with planting mix planting the bulbs but then putting them in some place that stays cold not not gets warm and cold like when i first did it I thought, well, I'll just put them in the greenhouse. That didn't work. Uh, and the, the the biggest concern about in containers is rotting, and so oh. I have I, I've had zero luck planting bulbs out in 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 a container out in the in the garden because they're always rotting. Uh, and so in this case, we get that planting mix a little moist, you know, not not soaking wet, and then. Mrs. Know-It-All would plant like tulips at the bottom and then daffodils on top of those. You'd do layers and then crocuses. And so you'd have, this, you know, kind of a, a, a little pot with spring flowers in it for you. Now, as far as uh, uh, the garlic, planting garlic in containers, uh, I actually read an article from Jessica. It's on Savvy Gardening last year. And... She She's the one that talked me into, basically by reading that article, into planting garlic in containers, and I've had great luck with garlic in containers. Uh, again, though, we just don't want it to get soaking wet for those bulbs because they will rot, okay?
3: Okay, and, and you're saying that for the for the pots you have to have a special pot then?
1: Well, that's what Mrs. Know-It-All used when I did it with her. It was kind of a shallow okay. pot, but, I mean, you, you'd be fine with, with any pot, you know, it's just that, that that one is kind of formulated to do that job. And so all right, whatever container you could find, it would be better to be shallow as opposed to really deep. That's all.
0: All right. Hey, Doug, wh- why don't you give us another S- essay? And before we go to the break, we've got three minutes. Go ahead.
1: All right. Well, i got a got one here. It's it's, it's a short one. So th- these are winning essays from the Twin Sisters contest, winning the tw- trying to win the twin sisters' daffodil bulbs, uh, a rare heirloom. And so from Stanley, this is a sad one. My former wife died surrounded by her children and I. She fought very hard during her incredibly brave and courageous three-year-long battle with ovarian cancer. She has an identical twin sister who is an accomplished gardener. She misses her sister terribly. Identical twins have a special bond formed before they are born. I think these bulbs would be one, a wonderful, positive addition to her garden as a reminder of her life with her sister, and so that's the kind of stuff I'm getting from people entering this contest. And like I said, it you know very very moving uh, stuff, uh, stories, and, and I think I have 10 winners, and and I'm going to contact some of the people who didn't win because they 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 were amazing essays, too, but there's only there could only be so many winners. I had to open it up actually judging wise uh to other people because I, I couldn 't make a decision and the couple people that I knew you know I knew them, so I wanted it to be fair so I read them all to to a group of people and and, and I basically agreed with what I thought, but I just wanted to let them way in because I wanted it to be fair. I wanted I wanted everybody to t- to listen to these stories. And I'm going to be uh, publishing them uh, this week. I'm going to put them all together, put them on at DougOster.com. Uh, I've got so much information there. Uh, I The six, start, six harvests from one planting a garlic story is there, um, and a story about a veteran. a you know, Veterans Day is on the way who uses gardening to help his PTSD and it that was one of uh the most important stories I think I've ever written. And, and to see him be able to you know, have some solace in the garden and he has a beautiful garden in in Brighton Heights. All right, Rob, we get ready for a break or we got a couple minutes left.
0: We'll tell you what, we can do a quick call, real quick. Let's go to Virginia. Hey Virginia, what's on your mind? Good morning.
1: Uh good morning Rob. Um my last um uh, this past spring my daughter planted uh, purple grass. Um, I wanted spikes, but they were the the garden facility was out of them, and so she put purple the purple grass in. I really liked it. It got to be about two foot tall, and um, I didn't know. Can it be preserved till next year? Depending on the variety, uh, a lot of those pretty purple grasses are annuals, and so uh-huh. it won't come it won't come back. But uh if you happen to have the plant tag uh take a look at that and there'll be a hardiness uh listing on the back and if it says okay. zone zone if, if zone five is in there somewhere then it'll okay. be fine on its own if not if it's an annual you could you could probably keep it in dormancy uh in some place that gets cold but not not below freezing and so you would stop watering, putting it in like an unheated garage, someplace like that. Cross your fingers, say your prayers, and then maybe next spring it would pop up for you. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you.
0: All right. We'll come back. Mrs. Know-it-all coming up next. All right. We actually have a couple of minutes left with Doug before we have to make way for the news with Rob and then the Coons Cooking Hour, Holiday Traditions with Lisa Lachina. So, Doug, let's just jump in here a little bit. So, have we officially got our first frost?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Everybody in the Pittsburgh area, it, the annual season, tender season is over. I have a big, giant, hardy banana tree out there that uh, I got from from when I did a story on a guy, uh, Damien Ando. The story's out there online. He's a uh, actually I saw him at the Home and Garden Show years ago, and he, I was so interested in his hardy bananas. And this thing, it's come back for three or four years now, and it was, gosh least 15 feet tall, maybe taller. I posted a picture on my social media, uh, but that thing looks pretty sad. I, if you are growing hardy bananas, or if you want to grow hardy bananas, because uh, I've seen them in the in the nursery and they're, uh, you know, they're not not selling like hotcakes. Might still be there. I just cut it to the ground, put a some landscape fabric over it, and then a uh, thick layer of of straw, and it really gives the garden a a different look. I am um, actually wish I would have planted a little further back in the bed. It's kind of in the middle of the bed, so it's just like a giant centerpiece. Uh, but, you know, I, I got a really nice message uh, in my email from a friend of mine. Fred Exley and I traveled together with his wife um, at least once, maybe more than that, and uh, he read my story about the Remember Me Rose Garden, which is a rose garden out uh, near the uh, Shanksville uh, site, and um, he says that uh, he helped uh, a group of volunteers put 300 Julie Andrews roses to bed for the winter, and I thought that was pretty excited. Put that on your list for the for. Wait a minute.
0: Wait a minute. Is that the sound of music, Julie Andrews? We're talking about.
1: Yeah, there is a rose called Julie Andrews, uh, and that's what they're growing out there at the Remember Me Rose Garden. It's right on uh route 30 uh, just across from the national site uh and and that would be not only do they have the 300 roses there in this like compass pattern it's a comp- the the garden is created so you can see it from the air and it it's uh a tribute to the 40 people uh victims of the uh, the crash there and uh it it's been under they've been working on it for a long time but they finally got the funding they needed it's amazing um you know, I had Clay Mankemeyer on the, the radio show to talk about. He was one of the first responders uh, to that tragedy, and, and it inspired him to, to make this garden. And it's been through ups and downs like anything. You know, you you try and create something like this, but it's in place now. And that would be a great place to visit early summer when those those are blooming, but there's a bunch of perennials in there. It's just a a very beautiful spot. And... Fred, good for you for going out there. And he tells me thanks for, for um, introducing, him, introducing him to a fitting tribute to these heroes. So I thought that was r- really nice of Fred to send me that message. And I'm glad that, that, that people are discovering these places. You know, that's one of the places I talk about a lot. Remember me, Rose Garden. Also, you know, you, you hear me talk ad nauseum about uh, Joe Ham's death at Del Horta's because these are places that... that that are using gardening for all sorts of different reasons. In the case of the Remember Me Rose Garden, it's a it's a place to to heal, and it's helping guys like Clay heal. You know, he he was so mad, you know, he, he's so angry and frustrated when something like that happens, and he channels his energy to make that. For Joe Ham, those daffodils, that's just his obsession, and, and his obsession also to show people this beauty. Oh, when you see those in the spring blooming. Like I said, I'm going to take a bus down. I'm going to do something to get people down there because that's, that's, these are just amazing places. And it's just a lot of fun to meet these people and see their obsessions. You know, if we have time, Rob, I've got one more essay I'd like to yeah, read. Yeah, go ahead. This is from Candace, and this one's a little lighter. I like this. We are not twins or even sisters biologically. We are sisters of the soil, rooted in the love of gardens. Over coffee and chocolate zucchini muffins, we recount our adventures battling beetles and borers. We whisper secrets of tomatoes and cucumbers and giggle like teenagers over the unexpected beets that grew where I thought I planted (laughs) lupins. She gives me sage advice about native plants and pollinators, and we swap seeds and cuttings and plants that make us happy. When winter finds us stuck indoors, looking out at snow-covered landscape, we share our dreams and plans for the next gardening season. I would plant these heirloom bulbs where I can see them blooming from my kitchen window. Heads together, sharing garden secrets, and think of my soil sister. So, again, you know, thank you everybody for entering, uh, for for uh, you know being part of the show. Uh, for being interested in twin sisters. I've got lots of other cool projects coming up. I've got a, a project coming up. I'll talk about it next week. We're going to save a variety of garlic. I am answering questions after the show at DougOster.com, but not for long this okay. morning, but I'll get to them later on this afternoon, too, if you want to throw your questions in there. On the website, how to save dahlias and other tender plants, now that the tops have frozen, mm-hmm. six harvest from one planting of garlic, my favorite bulbs, and a veteran who uses uh, his garden right. to... to get through PTSD. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow.
0: All right, good stuff, Doug. Have a great week. That's it. Stay tuned, News at 8. And then it's Lisa Lachina talking holiday traditions on the Coons Cooking Hour.